a certain amount of confidence and audacity that we had approaching this, saying if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. I think that first year we maybe sold 700 tickets, but for us, that was amazing. It was a very powerful, magical moment where Brad and I were like, crap, we might be onto something here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders who are doing some pretty extraordinary things. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, we're interviewing a couple people who actually explore extraordinary things. And actually, they're doing some really cool things coming to Sault Ste. Marie. Normally, I would save this type of episode for around Halloween time. But what these guys got happening is going to be happening within a few weeks. So I want to make sure that we spread the word throughout Michigan so you can take full advantage of it. Today, I am joined by Tim Ellis and Brad Blair. They are the co-founders of the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, as well as the Michigan Paracon, Paranormal Convention, that is coming here in just a few weeks. So, Tim, Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for you, having us. Close. Appreciate it. So, why don't you tell us what Paracon is? Go ahead, Brad. You can start. That's a good question. Yeah, it's a great question. So, Michigan Paranormal <laughs> Convention, MI Paracon, something Tim and I came up with, the concept of... 15 years ago now or so, we were traveling around to different events and uh, paranormal events. You know, we'd been researching the paranormal for years, and uh, we had this idea. We were literally flying back from Florida and sitting next to each other on a flight. We said, what if we tried to put on an event like this in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan? And we hemmed and hawed and went over the whole SWOT analysis and what would draw people in, what would we have to do to bring people in, because we're pretty much as far north as you go until you hit Canada. And we started kicking things around a little bit, and and we started developing this idea of bringing in authors, television celebrities, heavy-duty researchers that have been around for years and years to just all come together and contribute to giving different presentations, doing meet and greet with the fans and other paranormal celebrities, all these kinds of people mixed together in one in this big paranormal potpourri of a melting pot that happens <laughs> at the Wayden Casino. Yeah, it really was a matter of putting something together where, as Brad and I were utilizing those types of events when we were traveling, it was to learn more for the team that we had just started with the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society. We wanted to learn more about the field and learn more from those who were actually in the field doing all the work and the research and wanted to learn from the best as far as we were concerned. So that's what these events are all about. You either want to learn more on a personal level just because you're interested in the topic or maybe you feel you live in a haunted house or whatever, or you want to learn about it for a little bit more on a professional level if you're part of a team or a research group. So it really fits both niches, no matter what your need is to learn more. That's what these weekends are all about, just coming and learning and sharing. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question was when you talk about weekends, is it two days? Is it three days? Jeez, it's gone beyond. It's We now start on Wednesday night with a pregame party that we do at our host, Kuwaitan Casinos. We do it in the back bay or back bar Rapids Lounge mm -hmm. have, and we bring in some of the celebrities that come in early. We just hop up on stage and do a little bit of Q&A, and it's just a lot of fun. It's more laid back. So that's Wednesday night, and that's open to the public. Then starting Thursday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, we have presentations going on. 
We have Pay to Play Ghost Hunt of the Museum Ship Valley Camp going on Thursday night. Nice. We have special entertainment in the nighttime. We have psychic galleries, workshops on all kinds of paranormal topics. You name it. It's just it's gotten to be such an all-inclusive weekend as far as anything strange and out there goes. And what's really neat to look back on is when we first started this uh, 14 years ago, our first event ran about 14 years ago. It was, it literally started, I think we had three speakers on Friday night and maybe five or six on Saturday and that was it. And and to watch it grow to where it is today has been pretty fascinating to step back and, uh, and check it out. But as Brad said, it starts off Wednesday night with a party because anyone who's been here knows that the party is just as much a part of the weekend as, as the actual speakers and the lectures. So it's a great time. It's just nonstop from Wednesday right till Sunday morning when everyone's walking around, wiping the sleepy out of their eyes and hugging everyone goodbye and <laughs> seeing for another year. So it's pretty. It's a pretty special weekend. How many people typically attend one of your paracons? It's in the range of thirteen to fifteen hundred. We have the, nice. the upper level of our cutoff is at fifteen hundred. That's what the powers that be at Kuwait and Casino felt they could comfortably seat in their theater for that length of time without people being crunched in on each other. So yeah, this year it looks like we're probably going to end up hitting that sellout the way ticket sales are right now. Nice. And we're definitely going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. What I would like to do is I would like to dive into your backstory because you said this is something that you have been interested in all your life and that is just the paranormal. So talk to us about your beginning roots in that area. When did this start? Is this something that happened to grade school? Was it high school? Was it college? Talk to us about that. Yeah, and it's a great question, and it's one we're asked quite a bit. How did we get started into this being Brad's about to turn the big 501? I'm 5'1". We've been doing this for a long time, and why and where? And we always get asked, did you grow up in a haunted house? And the answer is no. Neither of us grew up in a what you would call a haunted house that a lot of people feel they live in or grew up in. We had a lot of weird experiences as we were kids, but it's because we we're out looking for them. And Brad and I, and actually the third founding member of our team, the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, Steve LaPlante, the three of us literally met in first grade, Lincoln Elementary School, Miss Smith's class. And we were, we gravitated to each other because we were the weird kids, the wonderfully weird kids. And we were okay with that. <laughs> we were the ones who loved the scary stories and the ghost stories and the spooky movies. And at that age, a lot of kids aren't really into that stuff because it does still freak them out a little bit too much. But the three of us were, and we found each other immediately. And since first grade, man, we have grown up and grown together and, and have lived and loved like a family. And here we are all these years later, but it really wasn't from an incident or a moment that happened. It was just a, a an attraction to whatever the weirdness is that's out there in this world that surrounds us. And we haven't stopped loving it, even as yeah. adults. We fed off of each other's passion for the paranormal from the early days. It was, did you hear about this house down on the corner that there's a baby crying in the basement, mm -hmm. empty, and we'd just, we'd bring Ooh. different. Of course, most of them were completely fictitious or things that we'd heard from older siblings or neighbors or friends, but we just kept playing along and passing along the, this great folklore and tales of the paranormal, the spooky, everything from UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts obviously have been our passion in the center of it all. But yeah, I mean, it just anything that was outside the bounds of normalcy, we were really interested in. And of course, back in those days, you had to wait, us keeping the stories going throughout the year 
what was a novelty because back then you had to wait until the month of October for anything to be in the media on ghosts, vampires, hauntings, any of that all came around in Halloween time. And we'd see people like Dr. Hans Holzer, Ed and Lorraine Warren showing up on like Phil Donahue or these daytime talk shows. Yes. And that holy week, that last week of October leading to Halloween, where every network had their Halloween specials on. And we lived for that. But then November 1st rolled around and it was gone for another 11 months. Not for us, but for everyone else. We just, we never let it go. We never let it go. Now, so obviously, so this is something you guys have been chasing since you were your kids and you had a curiosity about it since you were kids. Now, at what point did you decide to form the Upper Paranormal, Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society? It's a mouthful. Easy for you to say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It really was after college. We, all through high school, we spent a lot of our weekends doing what we called spooking, which is where we would get in the vehicles and we would drive to the abandoned houses or the old cemeteries and do the things to scare ourselves and the friends that came along with us. And we did that through high school. And then we all graduated and went off our own ways for college. And as fate would have it and life would have it, we ended up back in our hometown after graduating and working in our careers. And we realized at that point that we didn't outgrow any of this. So we realized we had to take it to that next step now, because at that point, as 22 and 23 year olds, if we're running around through abandoned houses, we're going to get arrested now. We don't want to be arrested. (laughs) So we figured we had to do it the legit way, which was actually create a research society to start to get serious about this and really start to look at what this thing is, this feeling is, this energy is that we've loved since we were kids. So that's where it really started when we started to explore taking it to a professional level now at what point in time did you guys think because what obviously when we talk about investigating the paranormal the one thing that always comes up of course is the equipment and i can't help but to go back to like my earliest experience with that which was during the movie poltergeist and the people showed up in the house they were investigating they had cameras rolling and all this other stuff so at what point in time did you say to yourself hey if we're going to be official we need to actually have decent gear in order to do that. So like the cameras I can see in the dark or the EVP recorders or hate that spirit box, but even that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our first official investigation as the UPRS of the UPERS, we were borrowing equipment. We had the old cassette nice. recorders that pushed the two big buttons in, <laughs> let that SOP run for a half hour flip the cassette over, <laughs> record that. Song. Yes. And I still have in our archives boxes and boxes of these old 60 minute Maxwell cassettes <laughs> that we were, yes. were trying to record EVP electronic voice phenomena on. We were borrowing the big old cameras that you'd put the VHS tape into to go around and record. <laughs> it was quite the endeavor back then, not to mention film kids, cameras, Today versus the yesteryear when we started this, not the same. We had to go through, and if we really wanted to see results and we thought we had something, we'd fork over the extra money to get one-hour film processing. That'd be fancy. Otherwise, <laughs> you sent it away, and you had to wait a week for your pictures to come back. Yeah. So, you know, that yeah. that age of the clunky gear versus the sleek-down modern days, night and day. Yeah, because remember when we, Cliff, when we first started, it was late 90s. We're talking 97, 98 when we started to talk about starting a team or where do we even start to have a team. And then it was late 90s and the early 2000s before we even actually started to do what 
we do now. So the TV shows weren't, Ghost Hunters wasn't even out yet on Sci-Fi Channel. So no. the TV shows weren't out there. The fancy gadgets weren't out there. We were trying to work off of what we knew from Hans Holzer and the TV shows that we saw and maybe Poltergeist or something where it was just the big audio recorders and the big cameras and you had a notepad and a pen and you yeah. just took in what happened around you. So that's where we started. That's where we cut our teeth. And then as the years and the decades rolled on, that's when all the fancy fun stuff used to come out. And before we knew it, we had totes full <laughs> of gear. that still have them. Yeah, that we don't even, we barely even touch now because we got caught up in that craze of wanting the next blinky gadget and the one that made sounds and we would buy them. And then it's really come full circle for us because we started very basic. We bought all the gear and we still have it. And it's just not all of it, but most of it's just sitting there. And now we're back to more of the basic science of investigating, which is trusting your gut and your senses and your sight and reporting your experiences, but still having better cameras and better audio recorders than we did back in the day. And the ghost box. And the ghost box, which you love so much. Oh, I hate that thing. <laughs> For our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about Paracon and what you can expect from this year, 2023. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community, and it is quite awesome. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. This is going to include the powerful lessons that we've learned from these amazing people. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. You'll also get a link to our Facebook group. Now to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com slash join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, we're talking with Tim and Brad from the Upper Paranormal, Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, UPERS. Group. Yes. And uh, we're talking about all things now Paracon and an exciting event that's happening just within a few weeks, actually, as we're having this conversation. Brad, before you were talking about how you and Tim were on an air airline, you're flying side by side and you're like, hey, why don't we put on one of these conventions ourselves? Mm -hmm. I guess the question to you is whenever these things start, and it's something I like to explore, what made you think that you could actually pull this off yeah. I, I don't we, I, we were drinking you know, a lot you think you, <laughs> yeah. ah okay that could solve the riddle that's for sure but what made you think that you could like actually pull this off and start to get speakers to come in and get people to show up what made you think you could do that you know we took off on a wing and a prayer and i guess just a certain amount of confidence and audacity that we had approaching this saying if we're going to do it we're going to do it right. We're not going to be one of these little sideshows that pops in, hey, we're going to do this, and then doesn't deliver. We wanted to make sure we had the right people at the right place. Location was a big issue. That was honestly probably the biggest thing. And if you've never been to Sault Ste. Marie, we're at the end of I-75, right on the Canadian border. We're a great tourist town. The summers are very busy. 
winter is a completely different story. We're busy, but with a different crowd, it's a lot of hockey, snowmobilers, your winter sports people. But we said, how are we going to draw from a major market? Because we're not near anything near a major market. And that's yes. where it came down to, we need the right people. We need people that are going to draw the fans and the curious and the bystanders in to buy these tickets and come and attend and meet these people and listen to the lectures. We It, it was, I guess the circumstance at the time was perfect. Kuwait Casino here in Sault Ste. Marie was looking to expand on their entertainment options. They did a lot of older country stars the occasional touring group, but they wanted to do something different. And the manager of entertainment at the time happened to be a fan of the developing paranormal reality genre that overtook oh, nice. Channel and sci-fi and all of these other cable networks. Upon approaching him, he was wide open to the idea. And then it was, give me some ideas of what you guys think you want. Who do you want to bring in? When should we set this up? And again, it's one of those things we knew you couldn't just rush in, hop in, put this together and have it next month. So our planning was close to a year on the first one. Yeah. And and, and, it's, never, and it's never stopped from that. We we plan a whole year for the event. We maybe take a year, a month off to catch our breath and then we're right back. And so the whole process is anywhere from 10 to 11 to 12 months to put on the event, but we're heading into our 13th lucky number 13th year. Yes. It should be 14th, but of course COVID shut the world down for a year. So we're heading into lucky number 13. We have an idea of what we're doing now. And so the process is, it, we know what we're doing at this point. We, we better anyway. <laughs> and, and so it's a lot easier now than it was in the earlier years, but also the event's getting bigger. So we're dealing with more people and more flights and more things, more moving parts to take care of. So in that aspect, it's much more difficult than it was in the beginning. But overall, we know what we're doing now. So it's easier in that aspect. But in the beginning, it was, as Brad <laughs> said, it was a shot and a prayer. And we didn't know after year one, if we were going to be around for another one, we just wanted to try it. And the timing was perfect to team up with Quaid and Casino. They wanted something different. We had a fresh idea. The guy was the head manager was into it. So the relationship started and we've never looked back. Our original plan was we thought if year one went well, we could get a second year. We honestly never envisioned it going past two years. So the question I got for you is the very first year that you got it set up, like you said, it's ringing a prayer. You guys are feeling this out on your own and you put the website out there. You're like, hey, here's the tickets. Go buy them. What was it like to see that first ticket sale actually come through? Were you saying to yourself, holy cow, this is real. We got to deliver now. <laughs> yeah, we were literally in touch with Kuwait and probably every day, if not every other day saying, hey, where are we at with ticket sales? I'll never forget that. Reaching out every day to every other day. And I think that first year we maybe sold 700 tickets. But for us, for our first oh. year... That was amazing. We didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Yeah. We were thinking maybe two, 300, we'd be happy. And we sold seven to 750, I believe it was. And yeah, so it was a very powerful, magical moment where Brad and I were like, crap, we might be onto something here. And in, as Brad had said, we lucked out on the location too, to have the support of the casino. We're also very lucky that our entire team, the UPRS, we've had a small army behind us to put this on as well. We had one, we had a team meeting shortly after Brad and I had the idea and we brought it up to the group. We're like, if we try to do something like this, are you guys behind this? Do you want to do it? All of them said, yes, we want to do this. So we couldn't do it without the group either because they work 
every weekend, every hour of this event, nonstop. It's all volunteer on our part because we want to do this event. And it's because we love it. It's what we love to do. So it, we couldn't do this without a few things that fell into place perfectly. And I know that a big draw for these conventions are the people, the speakers mm -hmm. that you can actually book. And walk us through that process of how do you think would be a good fit for your convention? Because you guys treat this very seriously, right? When you're doing these, these investigations in your group and being all formal, it's not just whoever's popular, right? It's it, you, you have a certain feel for who you want to have as a guest. So how do you go about picking out those right guests for Paracon? It's interesting you bring that up too. Going, just cycling back to year one, we didn't get all the guests we wanted. We wanted Jason Hawes and Grant Wilson from Ghost Hunters. They were the top guys in the field at the time. And this booking agent we were working with said, they're already booked up for that week. I can't get you them. There's this new show that's gaining popularity, and I can get you all three of their main guys for less than I could have got you these guys. And as it turned out, that newer show kicking in was called Ghost Adventures, which at nice. this point in time has been the number one rated show on Travel Channel for I don't know how many years. But they were kicking into their second season, and they took off like wildfire. So we had them as our headliners year one. We've never had that whole group back again, but it was pretty amazing to see how, and this is where it ties into your question, where we gauge things, watching how the fans interacted with them as being the paranormal pop stars and seeing the attention they drew. And then we said, we've got to look at people that have this kind of charisma, people that are going to interact with the fans, because there are some bigger names, well-known people out there that we get warned are horrible around audiences. They're not good oh, interacting yeah. with people. And so they, they might be high up in the field, but if they're not going to sit back and be willing to have a conversation with attendees who are buying tickets and coming to meet them and doing autographs and taking the pictures with them, then we're not going to bring them in. We, we want people who are going to be as interactive as possible Obviously, we look for a good stage presence for people that are going to be up in front of this crowd of 1,500, giving their talk on what they're supposed to be the special, super specialists in. There's a lot of layers to it. It's not just, as you said, the most popular people. We want more than that. We want people that are going to be working and having fun. Yeah, because one of the special things about our event is the availability of the superstars that we bring in and the guests and their chance to interact with them and walk right up to them at their vendor table and talk with them and be with them. And as Brad said, if they're not good with the people, then we don't want them because it's if the guests aren't happy, they're not coming back. So it's all about the people we bring in. And one thing we all we have always tried to strive for, too, is we really watch for the authors. In our opinion, some of the best researchers out there are actually the authors and not necessarily just the TV stars. So we're big on the authors, too, and their publications and the work they've done. So we watch that very closely as well. It's interesting you say authors because writing a book is no easy task. No. <laughs> so you know that those yeah, so you know that those people are dedicated to their craft. So right. for Paracon 2023, what are who are some of the guests that that are coming that if people are they watch TV, they're watching the paranormal world or maybe not even TV, but anyways, what are some of the people that are coming here? What can people expect? One one who's going to be one of our headliners this year that we've never had before, 
we're getting a great reaction on, and part of it is people didn't know this gentleman was necessarily involved in the paranormal field, but Jack Osborne, son of Ozzy and Sharon Osborne, has done shows on Travel Channel. He's got some more work coming up, and he's very heavily involved in the paranormal field, and this will be our first year having Jack in. We've got this crew from Ghost Hunters, which is 19 years running now insane for that that was the show that kicked off the whole reality field jason hawes sherry de benedetti dustin perry steve gonzalves chris williams all coming up this year for it we've got steve de from a show called the dead files which has a huge following the first been, year we've got him yeah it is the first year for steve that's another travel channel show the crew from destination fear which is now oh on the YouTube. They've they just, renamed it a little bit. They, they just yeah. moved from Travels doing a whole remake, and they've, they have they just filmed a whole season that's going on YouTube shortly. It might be up right now. Yeah, there those are some of the headlines. As far as authors, Rich Astep. Yes. Uh, good, good friend of ours, great author. Guy kicks out like three books a year, four mm-hmm. books a year, and we sit here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And know, he's got so a we, full-time job on top of that. He <laughs> does. Moses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Chip Coffee, psychic mm-hmm. medium, well-known for yes. multiple shows. Psychic Kids, Paranormal State, most recently Kindred Spirits, which Amy Bruni and Adam Barry, also the co-stars from that show, are both yes. great people, friends of ours at this point in time. They work with us every year. Yeah. John Zaffis, the godfather of the paranormal field. He's been doing this longer than most people. Yeah, and he's the only, actually the only person in the field that has been to all 13 Michigan paranormal conventions. He has not missed one. We've invited him back every time, and he has come back every time, and he is one of our favorites, and he's one of the crowd's favorites. You might remember him from Haunted Collector, sci-fi TV show. Yes. And speaking of authors, too, one of Brad and I's favorites, and one of the things that I love about what we've been able to do through the years with Michigan Paranormal, and getting to know these people is actually literally forming friendships and bonds with people that we used to look up to before we ever got to know them. One of them is one of our favorite authors in the whole field, which is Jeff Belanger, and Jeff will be back as well. So Jeff is also the head writer and researcher yeah. for Ghost Adventures, the aforementioned oh, cool. number yeah. one show on Travel Channel. Yeah, so the list goes on and on, and it's all on our website where you can see it all, but each year it just gets bigger, and we couldn't be more excited. Yeah, if you hop on miparacon.com, it will have all the speakers. We're hoping to have the set schedule, which we've been having to forestall due to getting the flights booked. Travel's been a nightmare this year. Anybody that's been on road and on flights can attest. So we're hoping by the end of this week that the schedule is set in stone. And we'll have that up on the website as well. And that's where you can get tickets for day passes, weekend passes, psychic galleries, any of the workshops. Everything is up at miparacon.com. There's also a phone number that runs through our partners at the Convention Visitors Bureau. If you have any questions, you can call, email them. They'll get right back to you. They've been an amazing partner over the years. Nice. And one of the things I want to circle back to what you were talking about earlier about how it seems like your paranormal fix only happens for one week out of the year before people move on to Christmas or something else like that. You guys actually have a podcast where you talk about things that go bump in the night. So talk to us about that. Yeah, we do. It's actually been actually new episodes have been on hiatus for most of this year, this calendar year. It's just been so busy as Brad and I are both business owners as well 
and small business owners. So anyone who's a small business owner knows what that means, especially in today's world. But yep. so we're doing everything we can just to keep our lights on in our actual businesses. Where I'm hoping, we're hoping once we get past Paracon and start to head into September, we can fire up some new episodes. But it's called right behind us, the Creaking Door Paranormal Radio is what it's called. And we've had this been going for... 14 years now maybe it's got to be I, I, know, I know it's over 10 but it, yeah and it's just it's we <laughs> were utilizing the connections we were making through mi paracon and bringing on the guests of a lot of the people we brought in and then as we continue to grow the podcast making connections with other people and it's just it's a podcast it's a it's an hour-long podcast that interviews we always do an opening segment then the main interview and then a closing segment and the main interview is always with someone one of the bigger names within the paranormal field and it's very informative but very laid back and just having a lot of fun with it so it's out there and it's on all the major streaming platforms that all the podcasts are these days and you can find it the creaking door paranormal radio and it's out there and hopefully within a couple months we'll be back on track to at least start getting some new shows out sweet and speaking of authors you guys have a couple of books. We do. So talk to us about that. Okay. I do that. <laughs> this was the first. This was the second. Yes. Funny story. Tim and I had talked about actually writing this book for a number of years. Yes. This is Great Lakes Monsters and Mysteries. Yes. It covers a lot of the legends and lore of the Great Lakes region. We we cover every state that touches one of the Great Lakes, plus sea monsters. We got Bigfoot. We've got Hauntings. We've yeah, got great yeah, legends yeah. that have grown through the years in this wonderful region we're lucky enough to call home. Tim and I had been kicking the idea around, and we got a call one day from a lady named Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who was one of the most influential authors in the field of the paranormal. She published over 70 books in her lifetime, and she owned this publishing company, Visionary Living Publishing. And she said, you know, you guys are in such an amazing area of the world. I think you take it for granted how beautiful the Upper Peninsula is, yet it's still one of these kind of last frontier areas where you've got miles and miles of unexplored wilderness and undeveloped waterfront. She said, have you guys ever thought about writing a book on your area, on your case files, and you and your team have a 20-year history? I think people would love to see that. We said, we've talked about writing a book, but along the lines of this with more cryptids and UFOs and everything all in all in one. And she said, I like that idea too. But she said, I really want to see a book on your case files and yes. haunted history of your area of the upper peninsula in Northern Michigan. And just to put the icing on the cake, she says, I would like it done within the year so we could release it next year at your 10th annual Michigan Paracon. So we called Steve and we said the three of us being the founders of the team and having all the history and all of the case files sitting in file cabinets in my basement, which my wife loves. <laughs> yeah. So we got together, we sat and crammed and pulled files out and it was so great to reminisce before we cut this down into the 10 stories that made it into the book. And just going through some of these files and cases that we hadn't thought of in 17, 18, 20 years that, oh, that'd be great in the book. So we divvied up the cases that we decided we wanted to work on. And each of us took a third of it. And within the year, we had it out. Rosemary had it published. Supernatural Haunts, still available on yes. 
on Amazon and at UpernaturalHaunts.com. Yeah. So this is basically, this is ghost stories. This yes. is all our case files over 20 years worth. And then this is more monsters. It's got ghost stories, as Brad said, but sea creatures, UFOs, black-eyed kids. It's just... Uh, all the fun uh, stuff. Oh. Yes. We, all the fun stuff. We, we even have a chapter We in the Creaking Door podcast. We have a mailbag segment where people could send in their stories and we came up with some of our favorites from over the years those are some of my favorite stories in the whole and uh, change the names to protect the innocent but we came up with this <laughs> little chapter tales from the creaking door there's some nice art yes. of us sitting in the studio which is uh, way closer to realistic than it should be <laughs> salute to eagle 95 one there yes yeah, yeah we uh, rosemary at the time loved the concept of this book so she had pre-signed us to do a second book before we had the first done Unfortunately, oh, nice. shortly after the first book was published, we found out Rosemary had been battling cancer the entire time she was working on it. Oh. And she passed shortly after the book was released. It was the last book she published, oversaw the publishing of. Just to think back of all of the mentoring she did for us, the picking up the phone to have her yell because she didn't like a part done. I, she was a taskmaster. She was wonderful. We could not have had a better writing coach or somebody to bring us into that aspect of the field, that aspect of media than Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And we were so blessed to have worked with her. Yeah. And the whole time we were doing it, we had no idea she was battling cancer and was nearing the end of her life. She never once complained or, or let us know once she kept us on task until that book was done. <laughs> so it was an absolute honor and probably one of the best memories of our lives to be able to work with her just before she passed. And, and she wrote the intro to the forward to the book. So we've always got that with us. And then Jeff Belanger, our friend that's the author and writer for Ghost Adventures, he wrote the foreword to Monsters and Mysteries for us. So we've had some great people that we got to work with in these yeah. book projects. I could sit here and talk about this all day long, and I know you guys so definitely can. <laughs> <laughs> for, so you already mentioned miparacon.com, yep. the website if people want to go and get tickets. Yes, sir. And as far as like your books and everything else like that, where can people go to get that? Amazon, or we can send you personalized copies directly through upernaturalhaunts.com, and that's Y-O. Show up, Timmy. So you take there that you and put a .com at the end of it, and that'll get you to our personal website where we can sign them for you and uh, and get them out to you that way. And then one last thing, you guys are also on the road yeah. giving speeches. So yeah. is there some way that people can track you where you're going, where you're going to be presenting? Because I know you do it around Michigan. If you follow us on social media, we probably keep that updated better than any other sites on a okay. Facebook page is probably the best if you follow Creaking Door on Facebook or the Upper Peninsula Paranormal Research Society, Tim Ellis, Brad Blair, our personal pages. We keep pushing it out. Right now, we've got what we start, I think, in, we start with Michigan Paracon. Yeah, in August. That, that kind of kicks off our fall world tour, which this year literally is a world tour. Yeah. We'll be at the Michigan UFO Contact in Houghton Lake the weekend of, I believe, September 23rd. Mm -hmm. The following nice. weekend, we're on Mackinac Island with Amy Bruni's Strange Escapes. We head to, we're flying into Birmingham, England. The last week of October this year, we'll be presenting at Sage Paracon. Yeah, which is so excited. The Beautiful. Paracon for England. So it's the big one. It's 
quite the neat event, and that's being held at Coombe Abbey outside of Birmingham. So really looking forward to that one. And we're also, nothing's penned yet, but we're working with uh, the libraries are starting to reach out now too, and we'll be doing midweek talks as well throughout the state. So just watch our social media yeah. and that'll give you the best we schedule. Are, right. Brad, Tim, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. We really do appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Clark. Always thank a you. pleasure. Clark. And for our audience, you can always roll on over to totalmichigan.com, click on Tim and Brad's interview and get all of the delicious links that they were talking about before. We will see you next week when I have another story with an ordinary Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.